0: Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Unloved and Unwanted, from Hosea chapter 1 verse 2 through chapter 2 verse 1. Plenty of people feel unloved and unwanted, and some really are. God shows His people in very graphic terms the way that He loves them despite their unfaithfulness towards Him and the rejection of Him. If you feel unwanted and unloved, know that. That God fully understands that. And he has done everything necessary to draw you close to himself. He loves you. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: Let's go to number three. In the next verse, we begin a lesson on love. A lesson on love. I want you to notice something specifically with me here. In verse number six. The Bible says and she that's Gomer conceived again and bore a daughter. All right, stop there for just a moment. Do you see any difference between that passage that 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 phrasing in verse number 6 and the phrasing that we saw in verse number 3? Verse number 3 it says she conceived and bore him. Bore Hosea a son. Now the Bible says she conceived again and simply bore a daughter. The feeling is at this point this is not Hosea's child. This woman that he has married, this woman that said I do to all of those matters of faithfulness has already broken her vow. She's already stepped out on him once again and now has a child by some other man. And notice what God says, not to her, but to Hosea. Hosea is the prophet. Hosea is the one who's going to send this message to these people. God said to him, call her name, Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Let's break that name down just a little bit. You're going to see this this, um, uh, prefix again. The word low simply means no. It's a a word that negates whatever it is that's attached to it that follows after it. So you have ruhama that's here. It's It's a word that means, as you see it here, a word that means mercy, compassion. Sometimes in the Old Testament, it's the same word that's used and translated as love. In fact, God in Exodus chapter 34 is called El Rehum, built off this same word. He is the God of compassion, the God of mercy, the God of love. So God tells Hosea, all right, you have this new daughter in your family. You need to call her, I don't love you. That's basically what her name means. I don't love you. I don't have compassion on you. I have no mercy for you. I can sense why Hosea would want to name her that in his own heart. If his wife has stepped out on him and and had this child and brought this child into his home. And just as we're going to see before we get to the end of this passage, she's going to leave her children with him. I can understand why, in his humanity, he would say, I don't love this child. Hosea is not the one naming her. God is the one who's naming her. He's naming her no mercy, no compassion, no love. And you have the description, God tells it just clearly. For I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. In contrast to that, as bad as that is, that's, that's a terrible word for the people of Israel to hear. God's not going to have mercy on us anymore. I mean, we, are His, we are His chosen people. He's not going to have compassion on us anymore. He's not going to have mercy on us. He doesn't love us anymore. Look at verse 7. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah. I will save them by the Lord their God and will not save them by the bow nor by sword or battle, by horses or horsemen. By the way, this prophecy that you find in verses 6 and 7 was fulfilled in 701 B.C. One of the greatest miracles in all of the Bible, you find, I think it's in 2 Kings 9, where an angel of the Lord is sent into the enemy camp. and One angel slays 185,000 of the enemy troops in one night. Can God not do great things? Can God not deliver us? When we feel like everything in our culture is at odds against who we are and what we believe. And there's no way that we're ever going to change that. God can still change it. 185,000 in one night by one angel. God can do these things. So as I look at verses 6 and 7 I kind of want to be on the Judah side instead of the Israel side. You know? I want to be the one who has mercy. I want to be the one who is saved by Him. Even though He doesn't come at, at that victory by bow or sword or battle by horses or horsemen but He comes by His own angelic decree. It's a lesson on love that they're about to Learn a hard way. That love, even though it seems as if, at least for us in relationships, that sometimes can take a long time to develop and just a moment to lose. God's statement is is that He can lose that for His people. That He can bring judgment on them. And still love another group of people. A lesson on love is a hard lesson to learn, especially when you realize that you are the low Ruhama That's in the story. Fourth is a lesson on lineage. A lesson on lineage, I guess in a way all of these are, as as God begins in this first chapter to to lay out for us what Hosea's children are like and who they are and why they're named the way that they are. But this one is specifically about his lineage. Let me show you what I mean. In verse number 8, Now when she, Gomer, had weaned Loruhama, she conceived and bore a son. Same, same phrasing that we find in verse number 6, where we look at it and say, this daughter is probably not Hosea's. I think we would say the same thing in verse number 8. Now the, or that daughter, now this son is not Hosea's either. But you see how quickly it happened? How quick? It says, when she had weaned Loruhamma. She now conceives once again. It doesn't take long before the the glitter of God's blessings are gone. Before suddenly we just feel like those are things that God should give to us. Something that I deserve. I I deserve His blessing. If it's something that I deserve instead of His gift of love and mercy to me, Take those things for, for advantage. And she seems to do that as well. As Soon as she's weaned the daughter, now she has this second son. Look at verse number 9. Then God said, Call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. You see the word low, the prefix there, it means the same thing that it meant before. It's a negative. It means no. The end of that, the suffix at the end of the word me, is a word of possession. It means, it means something that belongs to me. It's something that is mine. That word am or am is a word simply for person, for people. So what's he saying? Not my people. You hear what Hosea is naming this kid? You're not my child. In the same way that I can understand in his humanity why he would name Lo Ruhamah, you know, I, I don't love this child. I can equally understand why he would name her, or name, or name this child, this boy, Lo Ami. You're not, <laughs> you're not mine. I think it's probably. Doubtless, that Lo Ami did not favor Hosea whatsoever. I, I, I think it. I think just one casual glance, one look at this kid, and suddenly you know, hmm, that ain't his. You know, Dina's got blue eyes. I've got blue eyes. You know, I didn't doubt, but I want to check, make sure them kids have blue eyes. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's a lesson on lineage. Whose are you? In Deuteronomy chapter 26, God said to them, I will be your God, and you will be my people. And now he turns it right around. And he says, call this boy's name you're not my child because you're not my people anymore and I will not be your god. It's really the people who've t- who've taken that name, haven't they? I mean, the people have made that name for themselves. They're the ones who have said, "We don't want you to be our god. We don't we don't want to be your people anymore." There are a lot of folks in the world who feel that way. Maybe they pray and they don't get the answer that they think that they're going to get. And suddenly they abandon God in every way possible. I don't want to belong to you. I don't want you to be my God. I don't want you to have authority over me anymore. If you're going to leave us, then we're going to leave you. a terrible lesson but one that leaves the question that you have to ask whose are you? Who do you belong to? You have been bought by the blood of Christ Whose are you? Thankfully there's one more lesson to be had It is the lesson of lordship The lesson of lordship. Verse number 10 begins with the greatest word that we could imagine would be there. Yet. Yet. But. Push the the pause button for a moment. Everything in verses 1 through 9 is headed on a downhill spiral and it's going down fast. But yet, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. That's what he promised to Abraham, wasn't it? Which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. What a great, great verse to hear. And and, and one thing that it tells them, with all of the the, um, captivities that they've been through, Egypt, Babylon, now Assyria, God's not abandoned them. He promised that He wouldn't leave them or forsake them. The threat of them being carried off once again. Now, I'm going to carry you into captivity, and you're going to learn your lesson. He says, in the very same place, right here, where I told you that you're not mine, I'm about to tell you that you are mine. And it shall come to pass, in that place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together, bringing those nations together. 1948, right? That's what you have. And appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land For great will be the day of Jezreel. In that day, God is going to flip it all around. He's going to show them that they do belong to Him. Skip down the, go past the chapter break. Look at that first verse in chapter 2. Say to your brethren, my people. And to your, sir, to your sisters, mercy is shown. We give God a hard time, don't we? <laughs> we, need, we need to learn the lesson of lordship because then there is obedience. We have such a hard time learning it. Would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2? This is not just an obscure Old Testament passage. It has application to you. Especially to those who have said with a, with a fist at God, I am not your people. You are not going to be my God. God still has a way of bringing them back around. Are you there? 1 Peter chapter 2. Look, if you will, in verse number 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy i can tell you this with absolute clarity god loves you he loves you you belong to him And he will show you mercy and compassion as you seek to walk with him. So let's do that. Okay, I should bow your head and close your eyes with me. Jesus, we recognize that we're in that New Testament passage and in that Old Testament passage. We, your church, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, your own special people. People who at one time didn't belong to you, but we belong to you now. People who had no concept of what it meant to be loved by God, and yet we know it now by experience. Gomer sure had a hard time staying faithful. God, would you help us to be faithful? To be as faithful as Hosea. To live life with integrity. Holding on to your promises all the time. Father, I pray that you'd make your word come alive in our hearts. And help us to see how these things matter to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me where you are? We're going to sing together. And if you need to come, I invite you to come. You can come to the altar. You can come to me. Whatever you need to do, let's do it. Okay?
0: This year, at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to join us in reading through the Bible in a year. This is a great and rewarding way to start your day. If you would like a copy of the reading plan, you can request a copy at churchoffice at Britt Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at Britt We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.